This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. With the hair and makeup team for Golda, Karen Harley Thomas, Susan Pattersby, and Ashra Kelly Blue. Four, three, two, one. Today, the Egyptian and Syrian armies launched an offensive against Israel. Our enemies hoped to surprise the citizens of Israel on Yom Kippur. Our troops are outnumbered seven to one. If the Arabs reach Tel Aviv, Israel will be wiped off the map. We welcome everyone to the Next Best Picture podcast, where we are talking with Karen Hartley Thomas, Susie Battersby, and Ashra Kelly Blue, the hair and makeup team Oscar nominated for the film Golda. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Pleasure. <laughs> I I wanted to start by asking, you know, first of all, what each of you, what area of expertise was on the on the film, and also when you were brought on to the project, how much prep time did you have? Uh, well, I'm the hair and makeup designer, so I'm the head of the department, and I met Guy, and I think six weeks later we turned over on the film, so it was a very very tight turnaround so immediately then I got um, the team together Susie came on to do the prosthetics um, Alex Rouse to do the wig Sarah Weatherburn the eyebrows we had contact lenses made it was very much a matter of me putting everything together employing everybody to get get started Helen was in the states so I literally spoke to her on a zoom and said can we get your face cast done well, okay, I'm not sure about prosthetics, but let's do it and we'll see whether we use it all or not. So it was like that. We just grabbed her before she flew off on a holiday and got everything back and just started without her being there. And she arrived back a week before shooting and we did a test. It was as simple as that. Yeah, so um, yeah. So I think when Karen called me, maybe, maybe that was... Uh a week or so into your prep or something, I think, when we discussed doing it and, and trying these prosthetics. Um, so, yeah, so I I received the 3D print um, from LA, from Vincent van Dyke Effects. Um, and that was, I think, on the Sunday or the Monday, basically. And I had, yeah, that was when, from that point, we had four weeks before the first shoot day. So, yeah, to do the prosthetics... And Asher is part of my team uh, in doing that. Um, so we basically 
got everything kind of sculpted, molded, cast and painted ready for a first camera test after three weeks. And it was on the Tuesday that we did that of the fourth week. And then we had the rest of that week to do any tweaks, tiny little mini, mini test with, with um, Helen on the Saturday and then filming on the Monday. So like Karen said, very fast. Yeah. Wow. So you guys made, basically you had one test to go off of before you had to shoot. Yeah, we didn't have Helen in the country. That was the thing. That was why. Helen was abroad. And, you know, as I said, I I know Helen. And when I had my first sort of Zoom call with her, she she didn't really, she wasn't keen on having the prosthetics, let's put it that way. So she she said, well, let's see, try the wig and see how we go. So (laughs) we just sort of, well, I sort of talked her into it a little bit, I think, and said, let's give it a go if you don't want it we won't use it you know we can have some of the prosthetics or all we could just have the wig the eyebrows the contact lenses we'll get everything ready and try it and I think she almost stepped off the plane the night before and into a makeup test so we took we we won her round and she sort of looked in the mirror and said oh, yeah I think we've got to have this so you know in the end it 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 all came together really well and actually Susie was saying that sometimes when your mind's focused like that, you just get on with it, make decisions, and often they turn out to be the right ones. And, you know, we got lucky. It all worked really well to, all together. I mean, I didn't even have a makeup test. My my first day doing the makeup was the first day of set. So <laughs> I got no thrown pressure into or the anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so when she tried that first makeup on for the first time, when Helen tried it on what what was her reaction did she have any sort of notes about how it felt like or what it looked like or I think Helen thought that we would do a sort of all-encompassing makeup that's what I think I think people think of these prosthetic looks as a, a full face of prosthetics and it wasn't everything was done with Helen in mind to make it as easy for Helen we wanted you know, you've got two very famous, iconic women there. Um, Helen Mirren, obviously, is, you know, she's a tr- national treasure, isn't she? So we didn't want to just superimpose Golda's face onto her. We wanted her to, wanted Helen to be visible as well. And, you know, and we kept saying the word essence of Golda. So I think she was pleasantly surprised that she didn't feel restricted by it. And when she looked in the mirror, I think she was sold on it and knew you know, we had to use it. Yeah, I mean, on the on the camera test, I remember, because, yeah, I mean, even even when, before we glued things down, I think when you see, when she saw the pieces just on their own, they're obviously, they, they don't make any sense, do they, when they're sort of on a table and not actually glued down. And she was, mm. she was definitely not sure about how it was going to work, whether whether it would move with her and things like that. And I tried to sort of explain, I was like, you know, when it's glued, it's going to, you know, and this, this part of the, you know, the flashing on the edge of the piece, that this won't be here, you know, it'll all blend in, all that kind of thing. And yeah, I think when, when we went down and we did that camera test and, um, you know, she had the cigarette in her hand and she was sort of, you know, getting into character and all the rest of it. And they showed her, you know, the playback and she walked straight over to us and she grabbed my hand and squeezed it and just went, it's amazing. And it was just so lovely to see how taken she was by the transformation and to see herself in that way. So no, it was really, it was really special actually to see somebody kind of just, I don't know, look so delighted with the results. 
does sound something like that's very special, honestly. You know, Helen's face is, I'll say, less full or round than than Golda's was, which I imagine makes it a bit easier to do that kind of transformation because you're just adding on top. You're not having to take away and make her look more sunken or anything like that. But how many pieces was it that you actually ended up making for the prosthetics? Yeah, so it was it was six in total. So we had two eye bags, we had uh, a nose piece, we had two sort of jowls, so that kind of covered like half of her cheeks, and we had a neck piece that actually went, it only was on the front half of her neck actually, because um, again, we didn't want to have something that just really overwhelmed her. And it's interesting what you say about how it is easier having to add onto you rather than take away. But actually the thing that was really challenging with Helen is that she's got very delicate features, you know, Golda, like her, her bone structure is, is just a bit broader. So I think Golda herself can carry, um, like her face. Well, if that makes sense, whereas Helen, Helen's much narrower, like her, 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 yeah, her eyes are sort of like narrow together, a bit like mine are actually. Like her nose bridge is very, very delicate. And actually that was another reason to inform how we approached the design really, because we couldn't just put a golden mayor face onto Helen's. There's no way her bone structure could have could have handled it anyway. I think that would have looked really, really strange. So yeah, it was it was about trying to build um, build on that form without taking it too far because I think otherwise it just would have looked well overwhelming. But it would have yeah we've we've talked about this word caricature of that's the last thing we wanted to do you know to really avoid that. So it was a delicate balance. It was easier and difficult in some ways. It's a challenge when they are so different. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier you know you want to capture the essence of Golda. And I, I feel that that really is what you see. Like you see Helen Mirren as Golda. It is Helen Mirren's version of Golda, but it's still more Golda that you're seeing, not Helen. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. And that also comes from Helen, doesn't it? It's yeah. so much about the acting. You know, you've got one of the best actors in the world in your chair. We were very, very lucky. So, you know, as much as it's, of course, so much about what we do. It's her acting as well. And, you know, she gave an amazing performance, didn't she? Mm, Everything came, sort of came together perfectly. Just very, very, you know, I always say it's a job of dreams because working with Helen is, she's professional. You can't do this kind of makeup on people that don't take it seriously or are going to mess it up at lunchtime. And she is a dedicated professional. So, you know, we were... Most definitely honored to work with Helen on it. Yeah, and she's wonderful in the film as well. And I know that uh, Golda's son, Gideon, was very involved in the production of the film and helped a lot of the team members of the artistic departments with details about her life and how she lived and these sorts of things. And I'm wondering if there was anything you learned from him or members of the family that helped create the look that you couldn't have gotten anywhere else and what those were. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was, he was amazing and helped us so much, you know, down to the fact that Golda had a manicure every week with clear nail varnish on. You just would not have ever thought that. And with all the research we've got so much research and footage Never would you have spotted that. She had nicotine fingers. 
her hair, the texture of her hair, which we worked so hard on. He told us exactly what it looked like when it was wet, her hair. So we, yeah, the, we, it wow. really was exceptional. And what she did, so she let it dry, put it into a plait, twisted it into the famous chignon she has. He was amazing. He really, really helped us. And with costume as well, Miss Sinead, who did the legs and the costume, he was equally as helpful to her. So it was, it was such a bonus to have the help of the family like that. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. I'm glad that you mentioned the uh, the legs and the costuming because I know that they created a, a bodysuit for her. The, the costumers created a bodysuit for her to make the, the body look more like gold. So how closely did you work with them on that to make sure that the prosthetics that you were putting onto her face matched the rest of the body for the whole look? Yeah, we worked closely with Sinead. I, I, I don't think... I've, very rarely do you get an experience like I have with Sinead. We, we work in exactly the same way. And she was obviously talking to Susie as well. But to be honest, it was such a hit the ground running project that much as we did communicate as much as we possibly could, we didn't get too many chances to sort of put it all together and balance it. And it was just a matter of, I'll do my thing, you do yours, and then we'll come together and it did do luckily I mean as you say helped so much by the family with all the information they gave us and I think Sinead did an amazing job yeah really good really good Mm, really outstanding yeah well it's another important part of making it capturing her essence um like you said well it's and it's the teamwork isn't it It, it, Mm. you know you have to have like-minded people with you and we did on Golda it was you know a, a family sort of setup really And, you know, our DP, Jesper, he was amazing with all the massive close-ups, as we say, he that terrified us. He lit it beautifully. He's a sort of, you know, he's a genius DP. So it's everybody coming together and and working together in harmony, I suppose, headed up by Guy, our esteemed director. Yeah. I read in the production notes that in life, Golda Meir mostly eschewed makeup on on her own face. Did that help or hurt with your design process for this? Well, I don't think it sort of helped or hindered, do you, Susie? I mean, no, not I, really. It, it was just another lovely detail to get stuck into, yeah. to be honest with you, because yeah. actually something that um, I really enjoyed, I think Asha probably can agree with me on this, is that um, when we were, when we were, doing the pre-paint and uh, and then uh, when well, when the team and Asher was involved in the pre-painting of the pieces a lot but when we did the application one of my favorite things to do as a final flourish was matching the age spots that Golda had for real like on my side so I was making up Helen's right hand side of her face and there was a an age spot that she has on her neck on that side and on her cheek and it happened to fall on her cheek just on the edge of the prosthetic so we couldn't repaint oh. it had to do it every day the same place every time and I loved doing that yeah. it was just I love those little details you know whenever I get 
whenever I do prosthetics, they have to match an, an actor. If they've got a birthmark, as long as they're happy with it, I always want to like put that in there because those little details just really make something come to life. So if Golda had worn a full, you know, full face of makeup, we may have not had those lovely details to kind of indulge in. So yeah, I think Karen's right. You know, either way, it doesn't really make a difference, but it's, it's those details that we get really, you know, nerdy about. Yeah. It's always the detail, isn't it? In every yeah. area. Yeah, another one of the the fun details I think with a character like Gold of My Year is the um, constant cigarette smoking. Um, and I know, poor Helen. Poor yes. Helen. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't imagine. Although it, you know, not just the, you know, how it affected her look and her skin and all this stuff, but I'm sure that you have to, you know, take that into account when you're designing this. That she's going to be constantly having a cigarette going in and out of her mouth, and if it's going to affect, like, does that affect the silicone at all or the materials that you used the cigarette smoke? Um, no, it didn't. The, the cigarette smoke didn't affect anything. But um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely puts extra kind of pressure around her lips, um, you know, because aside from obviously, you know, doing what she needs to do, that sort of constant sucking and pursing is that's a lot of it's a lot, lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of action increasing. I mean, Asha, maybe you can talk about what we did for like, you know, to safeguard against that. Yeah, I mean, so when we we're doing the application and it came to um, applying the cheeks, uh, we always made sure to put um, extra prosade around the the edges simply for the upkeep because you know there was going to be like limited time to do checks on set and it just had to be bulletproof from literally the the application basically for the whole entire day. So that extra bit of prosade around the edges just meant that nothing would lift and um, and Helen obviously looked after the makeup beautifully as well. Um, which really, really helps when yeah, you're not going to be going in and touching up every single like 10 minutes or so. But yeah, it just means that like nothing's going to lift and all of that pursing of the mouth and smoking, that's what's going to happen. It's going to start like peeling up if you don't put in those extra precautions. So that definitely helped. That's great. Um, I know we're coming up on the end of our time together, but I didn't want to let this go without talking about the other piece of the makeup and hair, which is the hairstyling and the fantastic wig and those those eyebrows. <laughs> um, I <laughs> they're a character unto themselves, and they look fantastic. <laughs> um, Thank you. I hope you're not thinking they overtook the whole look. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it was, it's, as I say, it's when she has, you know, Golda had such strong characteristics. It is so easy to fall into a caricature situation. And that's what we didn't, obviously, you don't ever want to do that. As I say, it's an essence of the character. But the wig, yes, a lot went into that wig. As I say, the help we had from Golda's grandson, we worked very hard on it, the texture, the colours in it. And the eyebrows, we had about three sets of eyebrows made, but thinking, well, maybe we'll, maybe we won't. But in the end, I think Sarah Weatherburn did an amazing job on them. And none of it sort of came together looking too much. They were very so good, the eyebrows. And the wig, yes, we were very pleased with that. It was kind of dressed every night to get the texture. We had natural hair. We had mohair around the, the hairline just to give that real sort of flyaway stuff that she had and yeah. to make it 
neutral so that it could look flyaway or messy. And strangely enough, it's a simple hairstyle, but that messy look on that hairstyle is quite difficult to achieve. So, yes, it was a lot of components that went into it. Yeah, and on top of that, there, there's the, the coloring of it and the discoloration. And I imagine she had like, you know, age spots and stuff on, on her scalp as well. It, and you can see them all through. It does not look like Helen Mirren is wearing a wig. <laughs> 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 well, thank you very much. Thank you. It looks fantastic. And, and just in, you know, the, the couple minutes before we, we have to go, I was wondering if there was any particular time on set that was especially memorable for you, whether it was because it was a big problem or a real triumph that you had on a particular day. What was your the story that you will take away from, from this movie? If, if I were to think about it, I think the first time that Jesper went in for a massive close-up on Helen's eye, I won't forget it. I, I've never experienced anything like it before or since. It was the biggest close-up I've ever seen. She's got, the, you know, the, the makeup all around her eyes. She's got contact lenses in there that are brown contact lenses are so difficult to achieve. They look can look too flat and very unnatural. I think, I, I mean, I jumped up. I think I grabbed Susie. I don't know. I thought, no, please, no, do not do this. Don't do this, guy. And I, I sort of ran in and said, guy. And, you know... That was, a, 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 I will never forget it. But then, of course, when you see the film go out and you look at the close-ups and it all looks good, you think, oh, yeah, no, thanks, Guy. So, it, you know, that sort of changed, changed around. But that was a moment of near heart attack, I have to say that. Yeah, I was going to say that because, you know, we hit the ground running and everything had to be perfect from day one, basically. So for me and Ashra, the, the applications were very, very stressful and, you know, high, high pressure and all the rest of it. And the thing is, at the end of every every application for the first week and a half, Helen would get a magnifying mirror and she would check everything before she left the trailer. Every, oh, every, wow. No, she was really, really invested in in making sure it looked beautiful and and you know that she was happy. She was doing it. She wasn't doing it in a, in a you know difficult way, but you yeah. know she really wanted to be sure she was happy. And you know we were always a bit like oh god, oh, scary, whatever. And um, I think it was like day nine or day ten or something. And we finished the makeup, and she didn't pick up that mirror. She just sat back and relaxed. And uh, kind of we stepped away uh, when Karen and Annette came in to do the wig. And I said to Asha, when we sort of had a moment to ourselves, I was like, she trusts us now. (laughs) It was just so, honestly, it was just so lovely because I completely understand why she had been like that for the first week, because it was all very new and all the rest of it. But from that day on, she never picked up that Megan magnifying mirror. And it was, I, I found it really, really overwhelming and special because I felt... For me, yes, of course, we will, we want to be happy with our work. But to me, the most important person is your actor. Mm. And if she is, like, giving us that seal of approval, it means the world. Yeah, I was just going to say the exact same thing as, as Susie. And I, I remember we, we left the trailer and we just gave each other a massive hug. And, uh, and it just, yeah, it was just, we did it. <laughs> We're yeah, good. It felt well. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's actually a beautiful note to end it on. Ashra, Susie, Karen, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Congratulations on the film and best of luck next month at the Oscars. Thank you so much. Thank you so, thank much. You so much. Lovely to talk thank to you. you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Dan Bear's interview with the Oscar nominated hair and makeup team for Golda. Karen Hartley Thomas, Susan Battersby, Susie Battersby, and Ashra Kelly Blue here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Golda is up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.